Well, good morning, church. Um, so excited to get to worship together again today. Uh, as you guys are aware, most of you guys are aware, our, our pastor, Pastor Allen, is still at home recovering from surgery. And so uh, we'll want to continue to rem- remember him in prayer. But hasn't it been good today? I, I loved the, the dueling saxophones we had during worship this morning. It's so good to see Darren back home. Uh, we love you, man. Thanks so much for being here. Um, this morning, uh, we've already talked a little bit this morning about, about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. You guys are aware that our church is a cooperating church with the Southern Baptist Convention. And because of that, that on a week-by-week basis, as you give offerings to this church, part of your offerings goes to, goes to support the most far-reaching group of missionaries in the world. That you would be hard-pressed to find a corner of the world where there's not someone affiliated with us, someone that we support, that is... Um, trying to present the gospel in in some very dark places so that people can know Christ. Because of that, we we give a special offering at Christmas, this Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and our church always tries to take a little bit of time to talk about that and to be encouraged to to sort of give and to to continue to make a difference in that. That being the case, um, we've invited my friend uh, Tony Lee uh, to be here with us to to share with us a little bit about his work as a missionary and also uh, to bring the Word of God to us this morning. So we're really excited about that. Uh, Tony and Sarah Lee, Sarah is, is with him this morning, have two adult children that both live here. Um, come on up, Tony. Tony has been serving with the IMB in Asia as a missionary. He's from uh, the Bay Area, and he's been uh, he's been serving with the IMB for over 20 years. Um, he and, and Sarah are serving as, uh, we call them uh, professionals in residence. It's basically when missionaries are home uh, for a year of furlough, uh, they'll come and stay at the seminary. So he's serving as a professional in residence, talking with students and, and leading them to understand a little bit about world missions, global missions, uh, so that we can see a continuing mission force go out. So Tony, we're excited that you're here. We're excited to hear from you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for that introduction, um, Paul. He asked me if I was uh, be available to share today. And man, I'm so glad that my wife and I was able to uh, join today because there's just so much joy in this group. And this room, and uh, just, yeah, the, the saxophone and guitar and worshiping together, uh, what a joy it is. And, and, and as we, the theme, the joy to the world. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit about uh, what Lottie Moon uh, Christmas offering is. And on top of that, I want to share a little bit about what Christmas uh, means to us. And, um, you know, it, it is uh, pretty amazing how, um, and our time in China, that what, you know, how that kind of relates today and how Jesus that who came and died for our sins and and this, uh, to celebrate that experience in Christmas. So I'm just filled with joy uh, just being here today. Um, I was a pastor in a church uh, um, 94, uh, 97. Uh, we, we were pastors I was a, I was a pastor in Bay Area, and then and then this kind of actually reminds me your church and reminds me of the the group that we were part of and our, our church family before we left for the mission field. So this just really fills my heart with joy being here today, and thanks for the invite. Um, you know, as Paul Kelly mentioned, um, 
that there are about 3,620 plus missionaries around the world. And that's your missionaries because we're part of this Baptist family. You know, I'm from California. And then when we talk about Southern Baptists, like Southern Baptists, I mean, what is that, right? But we are Baptist family. And I appreciate your giving to the Lottie Moon because 100% of your offering goes to the mission work. And I'm going to share a little bit about later uh, how it was used for us in China. Um, you know, before coming out of China uh, in 2018, it was really hard to share anything about what we're doing in China because of security. And so most of your IMB missionaries right now serving around the world are in the tough, uh, restricted uh, security uh, concerns, issues, and, and those places. Not only they are dark, but really they don't allow missionaries to be in it. So for us to stand here and being recorded or Facebook, it, it actually will give us a fast ticket, one-way ticket out of whatever the country, and we couldn't share a whole lot about that. So as we served in China for 20-plus years, we could not share a whole lot. But now we're out, we could tell more freely about the stories, about what we experienced. Uh, when we first moved to China uh, 22 years ago, um, and that was, our daughter was 18 months old, and she's now, uh, of course, graduated from college, working, about to get married. Uh, we landed in a city of 6 million people, and there was not even a single store. And this is the first December, I, I remember my wife and I, we were searching through this large mega city looking for Christmas decorations. Hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, everything, all the Christmas stuff you brought here, probably made in China, and shipped over here, and we went, and then we bought it. But for us, uh, it was just a bizarre experience for December, month of December, and then we see this gigantic poster-sized Santa faces, cartoon faces all over the city, but when we asked about, hey, can we find some Christmas trees and Christmas decorations, they're like, why would you want any of that? Of course, that has changed over the years. Now... China is decked out with Christmas trees. Everywhere you go, there are Christmas lights. And there are Christmas carols playing in Starbucks in China today. But not back then. We didn't have a single Starbucks uh, in the city. And so we found about a, a, a foot-tall Christmas tree. After like two hours of searching in this uh, wholesale market, we found a Christmas tree. And I thought, we got to take that home because we're going to decorate it. Today, things have changed, and I'll ask people, what is this Christmas Day that you celebrate? And this gigantic poster is, is a poster of a Santa Claus, and just the old, just bearded guy dressed in a Santa Claus costume and say, well, that's that guy's birthday. That's what Chinese people or students will say. That's his birthday, what we celebrate. And then my wife and I were like, no, that's not the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Christmas's time we celebrate is the born of Son of God, Jesus who came. And, and that, what it means, and we'll share the stories. And, then, and nobody, even back then, nobody on this uh, university campus have seen a copy of the Bible. And when you mention the name of Jesus Christ, they'll say, who is that guy? That's just amazing, isn't it? And then we'll present these Bibles to our students that who open their heart and receive Christ. And these Bibles were smuggled in by our partners that carry smuggled Bibles into China. This is just 22 years ago. And you get caught. I mean, you, you will be kicked out of the country. You know, they'll put a, uh, 
expelled on your visa, you will never enter into China for the next seven to ten years. So our partners are bringing these copies of the Bible and we present it to our students who are just, just excited to they become a Christian. They all want to open their heart and receive Jesus into their lives. And then they will say, you know what? This is the first time in my life in holding the God's word. And there are tears in their eyes. And then they say, why wouldn't somebody tell us? Or somebody will say, I seen that I heard from my grandmother that God is real. And there's, there's the, the truth in this book. And this is the very first time holding the Bible in their hands. And, and they're so excited that they got the copy of the Bible. Today, um, I don't know how many of you carry, a, the, you know, the, the copy, hard copy. I mean, all of us now have it on devices. But the, the Bible, you, you see that if you purchased it recently, you look at the front, it'll say printed in China. Made in China. Shipped it back here and sold us to in America. That is just a really bizarre, crazy story. There are today, more than 100 million Christians are in China. I don't know the PowerPoint. We could get the PowerPoint up. Thank you. Um, Christmas story um, that I'm about to share today is about um, the this, this story that's made in China. When, um, and, and, and this comes from, I'm going to start with the John chapter 1. In the Bible, when we look at the, the whole, the story of Jesus, gospel, we're going to talk about gospel today. Uh, gospel of John uh, starts um, with in the beginning. And, and what does this remind you of John 1, chapter 1, verse 1? It says, in the beginning is the word. And this is what does it remind you of is, is that Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There are four Gospels in the New Testament to tell the story about Jesus and his ministry. Matthew starts with the genealogy of Abraham, Joseph, and Mary's husband. Mark started with Isaiah's prophecy of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, it was said, prepare the way for the coming king, coming Messiah, the Savior. And the Luke's Gospel starts with the birth of Jesus, a birth of John the Baptist, and the Jesus, the following. But John takes the gospel back all the way to the beginning, and he says, in the beginning was the word. In Greek words, the logos. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So we could think about Christmas, this Christmas celebration, is that God's plan for the world, the creation, and for the humanity and, and John starts here with in the beginning. John was the beloved disciple. He was the inner circle. He was in the inner circle and the core of, among the core, among the disciple. So he has some inside story that he could tell. And I, I love it though with the fact that he brings it back to the beginning. And the verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. That has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. Today we are um, doing Advent candles. Advent means this is the arrival, you know, arrival of the King, arrival of Jesus as a baby Jesus. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, some, I, as I share about how bizarre it was to see the Santa Claus all over this uh, December in China when we first got there. 
Uh, I was driving around the other day, and I saw this gigantic baby Yoda. <laughs> I mean, out in this our neighbor's yard, and it was, I mean, it was uh, bigger than probably me, like maybe two, three times of me, a baby Yoda, just like kind of like, you know, welcoming everybody. And then what, what does that mean? I, 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 by the way, I love Star Wars, so don't get me wrong, okay? <laughs> I, 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 my, my kids grew up with Star Wars. I mean, like episodes, episodes, and Star Wars, Cologne Wars. I mean, they grew up with everything that we could possibly find. But the, to, to just imagine driving in my neighborhood, I see a gigantic baby Yoda dressed in his green, you know, to welcoming the arrival of Jesus. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I guess what it means. <laughs> But it is about when God says, let there be light, there was light in Genesis 1-3. And that the light that brings life. And, and, and the reason I bring Yoda again, I mean, I am a, you know, the light, the whole concept of light and darkness, right? The contrast, when there is darkness, there's no light. And when the light enters the darkness, it penetrates, illuminates. And that we bring the understanding. And so same thing with logos, the word. And in, in, in Greek concept, is a spoken word. And, and God created the universe by spoken word. The power of God's word. In Genesis 1, everything that God created was good. In Genesis 1, verse 10, God created the land and the sea. It was good. Verse 12, God created the trees and the fruit. It was good. Verse 18, God created the sun and the moon. It was good. God created the creatures of the sea. It was good. Verse 25, God created the animals on the land. It was good. Verse 31, God created the mankind in the image of God. And God said what? It was good. So you see, when God created you and I, God said, you bring pleasure to me. The by that, that we are in the image of God when God created us, that we were good. Of course, the sin entered the world that messed things up. But God's intention is that we are made in the image of God. And God said it was good. And the Bible says in verse John, uh, 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse four, 5, it says, the, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In verse 14, we're going to skip down a little bit because of time. Um, I think I was given about 40 minutes, so I'm going to try to be on time. Um, it says, the verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only son, and who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Wow, there's so much packed in there, verse 14. The word became flesh. Logos, the spoken word, the God that was in, in the beginning, the God who created the, all things, what becomes flesh, a child. That is just a little confusing. It just, just, it just blows me away. Eugene Peterson in message says, John 14, the word became flesh and blood in the move into the neighborhood. I love that phrase. He moved into our neighborhood. 
We saw the glory and with his our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside out, true from the start to finish. That's a really pr- pretty awesome way to describe what the John 1.14 says. The word became flesh and blood and moved into our hood. It's pretty nice here. I mean, Chino, Chino Hills. I mean, all around here is a very nice place. But some places in the world, the neighborhood is not so nice. And, and back 2,000 years ago, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem from a parent that were homeless looking for a place to give birth. That just, that just doesn't register in my mind. Why would the king of all things, the creator of all things, the light that shines in darkness, would decide to be a born in a manger? Right? But because that the story that about to unfold, that's why. And, and in Luke chapter 2, if you go to the next slide, there here is Luke's version of the gospel, the story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, we are studying through the, the Christmas carol. I mean, the gospel according to the Christmas carol. I, this is the first time I heard that phrase. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know there was another gospel. But the, the, the joy to the Lord, joy to the world. And this is here, it's a message that angel brings to the people, the shepherds nearby. Is that there will be a great joy. Joy to the world. Right? And there will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appear in the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven, on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. In Psalms 98, as uh, someone read this morning, is a rejoice in the Lord. It says, O God, sing to the Lord a new song. He has done marvelous things. His right hand, his holy arms have worked salvation for him. The Lord has no, uh, the Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nation. We could rejoice because God as a savior of his people. He has remembered the steadfastness, love, and faithfulness to the house of Israel, and the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God. And the exciting part is that it does not limit to this Israel. The God's glory and the God's salvation extends to all people in Psalm 9, 4, 6. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break, for, break forth into joyous songs and sing praises. Sing praise to the Lord with a lyre, and the lyre and the sound of melody, with the trumpet and sound of horn, makes a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. We could rejoice in the Lord as the King over all the earth. So this salvation is not limited to certain people group. 
This salvation does not rest in just the nation of Israel, but it extends to all the earth. This is exciting news to me because I'm not part of Israel, right? My ethnic background is Korean. I grew up in America. I'm a Korean American. And some of you, you know, are not Jewish. But we can rejoice because God's grace and his salvation extend to all people. It doesn't matter. It says, Paul says in the New Testament, it doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile. It doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle we led in the path. But when we come to Christ, when we come to the cross, we are born again. And that's the joyous part, right? We could celebrate Christmas and say joy to the world. It's not what I have done in the past. It's not what definition people put it on, on me or what names that we grew up with. But when we come to the king, the creator, the one who sent the only son to earth to live and die on the cross. When we open our heart and receive him, then we are born again. We're new creation. So that's the part of joy. And then Psalm 97, 7, 9, we could rejoice in God as a judge of all nations, that he is coming back. And it says, let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. For in Isaiah 9, 6, for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us and government will rest on his shoulder. And the name will be called the wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father. Prince of Peace. That prophecy was fulfilled in life of Jesus Christ. If I could skip to the next slide, next two slides, and we'll move forward. And it says, um, I want to share with you, we'll just go one more. Because of time, I want to share with you um, some of the Christmas stories that made in China. We uh, went to China 2000. In 2003, we moved to a city called Shanghai. We finished our language study. We didn't speak Chinese, so we had to learn the Chinese Mandarin language and move to a, a large city. Uh, our goal was to go from 6 million people to a, something smaller. But the way it worked out was when we moved to Shanghai, there was about 12 million people living uh, in Shanghai. Uh, by 2003, really about there, 18, 16 to 18 million people. Just imagine the, just the uh, density of the population there. And many of, them, of the people migrated migrated from the rural China into these big cities. And that's been happening last 20 years uh, at an amazing pace. So we've seen the city of Shanghai really grew from, uh, that we moved there in 2003, we've seen the city grow about 1.2 million people each year. Just imagine that. Adding to the city of Los Angeles, the city of, I mean, Chino will be, you know, I don't even know the population, but I bet it's not a million, right? But imagine a meeting, uh, adding a 1.2 million people into a city every year, compound. So when we arrived in Shanghai, that God opened up the doors for us to work with the urban poor people of China who came from all over other provinces. Uh, we helped to plant 
hundreds of house churches, baptized thousands of people, bringing the gospel to the tens of thousands of lost. Many heard the gospel message, Jesus Christ made decisions to follow Christ. We talked about Lottie Moon. Lottie Moon was uh, in China, late 1800s, early 1900s. She died uh, on the way back from China. She was ill, and then she stopped off in Japan. Back then, I, you know, I don't like flying that much, um, especially when you have to fly more than 10, 12 hours on a flight, you know, on the back of the plane, right next to the bathrooms most of the time, right? And that's what your missionaries do. You know, we, we get the cheapest ticket, so we, we fly the cheapest seats. Um, but Lottie Moon, when she traveled, she traveled on the, a boat. And it'll take months to get to the mission field. And I love the, the, the time that when, you know, the, you read the letters of a missionary wrote, and then they will write a letter. You know, they pen the letter. And it'll take a two months to get to their headquarter. And then they'll write a letter. And it'll take another two to three months, you know, if the weather is good. So it'll take six months to go back and forth, you know. Hey, would you take care of this? And then Lottie will say, hey, you know, we need more missionaries. Can you please send more support? And sometimes it's nice because, you know, now we have this thing called the emails these days. You know, iPhones. You know, I, I get message like from our supervisors or, our, our, uh, you know, Mission Art, you know, Richmond, Virginia, and we'll send a a note, then I'll get it within seconds. And I got to reply within minutes, right? But back then, the things were good. And Lottie Moon, was, uh, she was on the way back from Japan, and she, she, she died. Um, and, and, and many of them said, I mean, not only she was ill, but many people think she died of starvation, malnutrition, because not that she didn't have money, but she took all the, the giving that she received. Guess what she did? She fed the hungry. She fed the children. So the reason we celebrate Lottie Moon as a name, a recognition and for Christmas offering is the month of December, many of the Baptist churches around the U.S. have committed that we are going to give to missions. And we're going to give to the Lottie Moon mission uh, Christmas offering because the way she lived her life so sacrificially, and she was willing to give up everything for the poor and for the needy. And, and, and the fact that, yeah, she could take care of herself, but you know what? She was willing to give up everything for the cause of others, to have the gospel, to have something to eat. So here is a story. I mean, I want to continue on the story. Is that in 2003, we were um, uh, arrived in Shanghai. We met, I met a group of a Chinese house church pastor. For, for years, the China, the, the Christians live in the shadows. They could not confess that they're Christians. They could not have a meetings. You know, for about 20 years, I mean, the, the Christianity were able to grow so fast in China. And now it's back to the kind of the persecution era where the Christians cannot meet in buildings like this anymore. We were able to see the churches grow and they'll rent out uh, businesses, rent out apartment complexes, and uh, you know, find an apartment building and they'll just renovate into a meeting place, what we call the church. But for the most part, it was hidden. It was in the house. That's what we call the house church. And, and before that, it was called the underground churches because there were literally Christians in the, in the caves meeting. In, in the uh, countryside, they were meeting underground places. Um, but things have really changed. We've seen that. And in 2005, this is a picture of an outdoor event we did. 
so we've been really blessed with a group of pastors, group of uh, church leaders, house church leaders. They were um, really passionate about, about joining the effort to share the gospel with the lost people. And not only that, when we challenged them, I said, can we ask your church members to take the gospel to their neighbors, their friends, and their uh, family members? And they did. In 2005, so we um, were thinking together an event. And, um, and I, back then, we didn't have a, uh, a place to rent. They didn't have all money, and we, you know, we just didn't have money. So why don't we figure out a place where we could rent for free? And in 2005, this is the first event we did. It's a Christmas party. So, so Christmas really begins. Here, Christmas begins, what, October, Halloween. Uh, following Halloween, now is a Christmas, right? At least in the shopping, shopping, um, you know, right? Uh, here in December, we say we're going to spend a whole month of celebrating. So December, this was a 24th or 23rd, I remember, in 2006. They decide to meet at this lumber yard. And again, these are uh, our house churches. Many of them are very poor. And then we needed a large place. And then they decided, hey, why don't we just meet outdoor? Um, today I saw the temperature was about 49 when I woke up early this morning. You know, in Shanghai, it freezes. We get snow. So December 23rd outdoor was not a really a, a good place to meet, have a, have a Christmas party. But you know what? It was, it was a place available. And, and I, I wish I could show you the panoramic pictures of this place. There were literally stacks of wood, stacks of steel, stacks of whatever lumber that people used to build things. And this is one of the uh, area that some of the house church members, they were really uh, passionate about sharing the gospel. And the whole neighborhood, I remember there were like house churches in like, there are eight house churches in this one neighborhood. Um, so we got together. Uh, literally about 600 plus adults came, and then you count little babies. I think there were about 900 people gathered out, outdoor that day. And then they uh, prepare testimonies, prepare Christmas little skits, and they prepare dancing, singing. And, and then we had a very short sermon. And, and then the, when the challenge was given, there were about 60 people came forward and received Christ for the very first time. And we pray for them. And, and, and I, I remember that year and on, we decided to do these Christmas parties. And, it, and not only one location anymore. And in the next picture, this picture was taken in 2017. And this picture was uh, over about 1,000 people gathered. And this is for a Christmas party. We call it a Christmas party because it is really a Christmas party. Um, and... They will prepare this dance, and they'll prepare the skits. And this is building. This building is a, a communist community center, part, communist party community center. This is how the things were good in 2017. There were over a thousand people packed in in this room, and then this is happening all over different places of the city. Um, so, of course, I forgot to tell you the police came on our first event. And then the rest of our, um, our good friends, you know. Uh, I was there at both the events, but, and we, you know, my wife and I think we came to this event, not the first one. We try to kind of stay away some of these. But, you know, it was amazing. As we were praying, I was standing outside in the room where they were being questioned, and I'm praying, Lord, please um, just, you know, cover the eyes of the authorities. 
and allow your grace to happen. And, and, and the, the, the amazing response to the police that came and said, um, I understand this, this Christmas thing is your holiday, isn't it? You know, they're saying you're Christians. And then our friend said, yeah, this, this is our, you know, special day. You know, we're going to just let you go on this special day because this is your holiday. But don't ever do this again. I mean, that, that was the, the 2005. We've been doing it for every year. Uh, and, and the party's just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and, and people respond with just amazing response. This day, I think it was about 120 people came forward to receive Christ as the Lord and Savior. And it's not that just the goal to just have people come up, but we follow up with the discipleship. And then that we prepare, like, you know, we borrow from Billy Graham, their evangelistic crusade. You know, we pre-plan uh, and then we have the event and we follow up. So one of the things that uh, baptism is a huge challenge. I'm so happy that you guys are going to have a baptism here. As I heard the announcement. That excites me. Baptism is something really exciting, right? Um, in China, the, uh, the, we couldn't do baptisms a whole lot because, again, there was no place to have a baptism. You can't go to the public pool, do baptism, you'll get arrested, you know. You can't go to the beach and have a baptism, yes, you'll get arrested. Um, so what did we decide to do is we find these uh, little inflatable toy um, pools for the kids. The only problem is you have three, four people going through the inflatable pool and then the water like all spilled out. Sometimes the things just blow up because, you know, the adults going inside out and so we got to figure out a better plan to do baptize people because we got like 70 people lined up this one summer. So um, one year uh, we found this, uh, I think it was it's like a water tank or maybe it was a septic tank. I don't know, which is, uh, <laughs> but you know, if it's new, it's new, right? You know, you know, uh, we cut the top, we cut the top off. And it's big enough, it's big enough and sturdy enough that you get 50 people going through without running out of water. Um, so we tried that. Only problem was how do we transport that from place to place? We don't have nice pickups like here. Um, you know, most of us are riding this like electric bike or a little moped. So we or motorcycles and we want something that, uh, that will be uh, useful. Um, so here is your Lottie Moon Christmas offering in action. All right. So we um, found, uh, I had a good friend as another IMB missionary in another city. He found a collapsible, portable baptismal that was made, him for, made for prison ministry in America. Man, it was, I think it was uh, Arkansas somewhere. I mean, this was a nice metal frame and, and the tarp, you put it inside and it collapses down to about this big. And we could put it in the back of the trunk or back of the motorcycle and it could ride to the next, next place. And then the water, I mean, you, you could fill up pretty nicely and it doesn't dry out. You could add more water if you need to. So he bought one. I mean, it cost a lot of money to buy that thing from a prison ministry here. And then he brought it over to China. And I said, what did you tell the customs what this thing was? And he said, well, I needed a bathtub. <laughs> He said it was my personal bathtub. Uh, so, so that's how he claimed it. And then uh, it cost a lot of money. So we said, man, we, we can't be spending that kind of money. And you can't be ordering like 100 bathtubs from the U.S., right? Because so, they make them over there. Um, so, you know, what does China do so well? They copy things, right? At a very low price. 
So we made 100 of this. I mean, first we made 50 of this. It just, we sent it all over the different place. Everybody loved it. And we made it again and 100 more. Um, this is your, again, Lottie Christmas offering in action. Um, so what we did was we took those, man, and, and, you know, this amazing, amazing thing. That was like probably like 15 years ago or 14 years ago. I get pictures from China from our um, friends, and they had a baptism ceremony. Guess what? And this is even in another city that I, I have not quite been there in a long time. But I will look at the, that tank or the baptismal, and guess what? Those are the ones that we made. Over 10 years ago, and people are still using that and baptizing people. That's amazing. Um, and and another, another thing that we used for, um, you know, the Christmas offerings was in China. Uh, back then, again, I'm not sure we could do this now. Back then, we were printing um, the gospel tracts. So, again, the people were smuggling these gospel tracts into China. It's like, man, like, and it costs so much to get those in. And then the risk involve our partners. They, um, they, you know, they get arrested and they, they might get uh, kicked out of China. Uh, and, and then anybody connected to that, they might, you know, be in danger. So why don't we just print it right here in the city? Isn't, I mean, that, that's, you know, if we're printing stuff, we got printing machines everywhere. So that we figure it out how to figure out a design, a, a gospel track. And then it was all very more Chinese than the ones that we brought over from outside. And then we started with the 50,000 and then went to 100,000, 200,000. Little gospel track and a fraction of the cost of what we uh, buy from here and to bring it over. Man, those things were just amazing because once we started printing those, people, the Christians in other cities got hold of one of those and said, well, where did we get those? Well, we could order for you. We could print them for you. And, and then it was, uh, I mean, it was a little tricky because we couldn't take those to a, any print shop and print it because then it will come back to us and then we'll get in trouble. But we found a, uh, a son of uh, the, the government church, is a long story, but the, uh, somebody who owned the print shop, printing business, that was able to do this without getting in trouble. So we were able to multiply that, I mean, just thousands and thousands of times. And then we, we even had this, um, back then we didn't have DVDs. We don't even use DVDs here anymore, right? But back in about 20 years ago, that's what they call a VCD, video CDs, right? Remember those? So, again, we're smuggling people. I don't know, smuggle is a bad word, right? But <laughs> we were importing, okay, we're importing. Uh, we're importing these uh, nice VCDs from Singapore, Hong Kong, or other outside places. But, you know, it was costing us, again, a lot. These things are heavy, you know, and then they get caught. And they're like, what are all these, you know, VCDs you are smuggling or importing into China, right? So we say, hey, why don't we just um, make these, uh, burn these right in our city? And, then, again, that was a great year because we were able to make a little fancy case that, um, and then put it in the little sleeves and with our gospel track. Um, and then we were able to share with, and we just tried with not strangers, but with your family members, your friend, your coworkers. One story I got of the report, there was, you know, in this neighborhood, you know, we're talking about this is the hood neighborhood where this is a little rough. I mean, we go there, do, do training. We uh, meet with our leaders. 
in this neighborhood, there's a small, very small little corner stores. I don't know, um, you guys can imagine, it's like, it's like a, you know, the earlier version of 7-Eleven, I guess. There's no signs, there's nothing, just like a little corner house that opened up, filled it with the icebox and then and some drinks and snacks and whatever. And this uh, owner became a Christian and then they had a little tiny TV and there's a, back then, oh, not everybody had a phone either. So they'll have a phone that, like, it's a public phone that could call out, uh, call their family home. And then this one guy was just showing this uh, video of Jesus Christ, that the good news of the gospel, on the, on the little monitor, on the TV. And then these uh, workers, construction workers, all came and watched that thing. For, and it's about 30 minutes long, so I guess they stood there for 30 minutes to watch the film. And at the end of the film, all three of them were like just filled with tears and they're just ready to cry. And then, and then one of them said, hey, I want to be a Christian. What do I do? And this is like almost like from Book of Acts. And the owner of the store said, I could tell you how to become a Christian. I could share more about what does it mean. And he shared the story and all three of them opened their hearts and received Jesus Christ right there standing at this corner store. That is this is exciting. Um, and, and again, so... I'm going to look at the next slide. It says, in John 3.16, when John unfolds the gospel, the Christmas story, he says, and you guys know this part, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The reason that we celebrate Christmas is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And this only son that became flesh is coming, is, is unprotected, that, that he is a child, a human child. He let go of all the power and, and, and he came to die for us. But whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Sending Jesus to be born as a baby. To die on the cross for the sins of the world. We could say joy to the world because what Jesus did on the cross, right? I'm going to finish with the story. It looks like my time is running out, so I'm going to finish with the story. And with the next slide that, you know, this is a true story. And everything that I share actually is a true story. I don't make this up. <laughs> All right. Um, because sometimes, you know, you get missionaries and tell these missionary story, and you kind of go, is that even true? Did that really happen? No, it did. It's, it's really, my wife could vouch for me, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I have some crazy stories, but I get, we get, we'll save some for next time, all right? Um, in 2003, I, you know, we had, we had COVID-19. 2003, we had SARS. And this was not a pandemic because it was limited to China. And, uh, and, and it was a crazy time. The city of 60 million people uh, in the middle of this. Uh, um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll skip that one next time. All right. We'll, we'll, use, uh, we'll share that. This happened in 2019, October 16. As I was preparing a message, we came out of China. We lived in Malaysia uh, for a little bit. Um, Malaysia is just an amazing place, too. Um, and I got to just be part of a um, lot of the churches that are Chinese-speaking because 
I didn't realize when the communists kicked out the missionaries uh, uh, from China and all the chi- um, missionaries came out of China, this back in 1940s or even earlier, they came out and they ended up in places like Malaysia. And then there were a lot of Chinese immigrants living in Malaysia, Singapore, and other parts, or even in Hawaii. Baptist uh, Convention was created by the, the missionaries who came out of China. Um, that, that, I didn't know that. I, I found that recently as we partner with the um, Baptist uh, work in Hawaii and other states. So in Malaysia, I was preparing this message to share on the Sunday, and I found this story, and I, and I thought, man, this is just amazing. In October 16, 2019, Sunday morning, there was a 10-mile race, okay, marathon. Tyler Moon, this is, I'm reading from the article from the, um, the newspaper, St. Paul Pioneer Press, if you want to just Google it and check it out, and this was a story, it was featured in Today, America, whatever, and there was just all over um, different, different uh, Fox News covered it. Tyler Moon, a 25-year-old General Mills customer operator specialist, customer operations specialist in Minneapolis area, entered a 10-mile race earlier this month with a faith-filled message that turned out to be a true to his life. So before the race, my name was originally on the bib, the moon told the Fox News. One day, I got a thought. I thought it was from God, and it should be a profession of faith. And change to Jesus saved. The actual, the green bib is actual picture of that, what he put on there. So that another runner or someone in the audience will see it, that Jesus saves us for eternity. On the race that day, October 6th, this article was written, by the way, on October 9th. That's why it kind of written in past tense. A Sunday morning, he felt really good after he's eating breakfast, ready to run the race for his orange Wheaties t-shirt with his bib pinned to his shorts. I've been looking forward to this race for a while for a former college football player, who had no history of heart trouble and was running an eight-minute mile until the eighth mile. And when he collapsed, cracking his head on the pavement, according to the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Thankfully, a runner named Jesus, Jesus, right? (laughs) Or Jesse Bueno, a Lakeville registered nurse Anesthesiast was the was right behind him, and quickly helped to save his life alongside of another colleague and other medical professionals who performed the chest compression and assisted his breathing until the ambulance arrived. Moon still adjusting after going through the cardiac arrest and concussion of broken bones in his face, and his, it was said he's grateful. Thank you to everyone who helped me, and thanks to all the runners who stopped and saved me, uh, saved my life. He said. I believe God placed all those people there at the right time and the right place for history. Moon's heart, which he is set to give to Amy Green, his fiance in January, is just fine. He said he is now crumpled up. Bib had a message that turned out to be pretty fitting after what ha- happened on the early October Sunday morning. When I originally put Jesus saves, I was hoping that it would help people at the race in the Minneapolis, um, he said. I had no idea how far it would go and how it will impact the world. That is just something I never expected, but God's plan are way greater than anything that I could 
ever think of. This is just a true story that Jesus saved. If anyone this morning wondering if that is your personal testimony, I ask you, open your heart and invite Jesus into your heart. The Christmas is more than, as we sing the joy to the world, it's more than the lights, more than the presents, more than the tree. You know, for us adults, I mean, grown-ups, you know, Christmas, is, it could be a depressing time, right? Time with the family, it could be a stressful time. But for the little kids, I mean, this is just the best time. There is such of joy of something good's going to happen. You know what? That happened many years ago when God sent his only son. And Jesus, who saved the world, for me and for the rest of us in this room, if that's not your story today, Jesus saves. That Jesus saves the world. And I want to invite you today. I want you to open your heart. Surrender your life to God. Would you open up your heart to receive Jesus as your Savior who came to save the world, who created all things, is a source of life and giver of eternal life, a true light that shines in the darkness. Let us pray together. Our Heavenly Father, creator of all things, and you made us, and you called us good. Lord God, maybe our journey hasn't been so good. Our life maybe just uh, faced some challenges. But this morning, we thank you for the reminder that Jesus saves. And as the, the Gospels declare the Savior who came, the Word becoming flesh to save the world because you love the world. You care for us. And as this morning, I want to just open up this time. If there is anyone here that wants to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to just have a prayer, quiet prayer with God. There is salvation. There is hope in Jesus Christ. And for the rest of us, and let us just today be a great reminder that Jesus, you came as a, a baby child, a baby and you died on the cross for us and you resurrected to overcome all things and, and for us to be forgiven of our sins and for our sins that you came to save the humanity. So we give our hearts to you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.